This episode of Weed and Grub is brought to you by Shuggies. Yeah, Shuggies is on a mission to sweeten people's lives and create little moments of happiness and joy every day. Shuggies is infused cane sugar and infused agave nectar. You can use Shuggies wherever you want. Make something a little bit sweeter, you know? Stir it into your coffee in the morning, drizzle some agave nectar over fresh raspberries. Ooh, I would put some in my hot chocolate. Or you could bake with it, add it to an apple crisp for that extra special mwah. <laughs> yeah, add a little kiss to any dish with Shuggies. Check them out at Shuggies.com. That's S-H-O-O-G-I-E-S.com. Or find them on Instagram at that Shuggies feeling. Ooh, I want that feeling all the time. Elevate your every day with Shuggies. Hello, and welcome to Weed and Grub. What up, Mary Jane? How's it going, Mike? Ho, ho, ho. How are you? Happy holidays. Oh, yours is more inclusive than mine. Happy holidays. I just... Ho, ho, ho isn't inclusive? There's only one ho, ho, ho holiday. Oh. Christmas. Yeah, I guess you're right. And I'm Jewish. Right. So I'm like cutting out my fam right out the gate. If you say happy holidays and you spell it D-A-Z-E, is that like... Oh my God, I'm so dumb. I was like, holidays, H-O-L-I. And then, jeez Louise. Happy holidays. Yeah, I like that. You know? That's that's inclusive as hell. Happy weedy holidays. (laughs) Yeah, Um, what's what's smoking out that chimney, y'all? Yeah. What are you smoking out your chimney? Um, what am I currently smoking at my chimney? Yeah. I'm not actually smoking a whole lot lately. I'm really into tinctures, actually. Really? You're Mm -hmm. loving a drip? Yeah. Ooh, nice. You know, it goes everywhere with you. Just throw it in your bag. It helps me sleep. Drip, drip, drip. Yep. Also topicals. I have a busted ankle and I've been putting some honeypot on my um, busted ankle that I like did a number on a few years ago and it never really got all the way back to normal. And when it's cold, it hurts. And this honeypot is the best. I know the ankle story. You heard it playing croquet (laughs) holding champagne. It is true. Wearing a fancy high heel. Yeah. It was an Easter brunch. I'd had uh, one too many and I just like stepped in a hole. How many was too many? Bad news. I don't even know. I, I think it was just like a combination of champagne, high heels, croquet, Easter, you know, cold, wet ground, all that kind of stuff. I don't like, I just, yeah. You have a lot of ball gown stories, whether you're drowning in a pool or whether you're (laughs) breaking your ankle playing croquet, you're always in a ball gown when when mischief is afoot. That's so funny. That's a good tie-in because we were, oh, welcome to Weed and Grub, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. I always forget. What up? Welcome to Weed and Grub. Will you say it? Uh, This is a podcast about cannabis, comedy, cooking, culture, and calling shit out. Yeah. And ball gown drama. Yeah. And the Emerald Cup this week. And our great guest at the Emerald Cup. But the ball gown drama is a good tie-in because... When we were in Santa Rosa, we stayed with our dear friend Jim Newman, who um, whose pool I almost drowned in, in a ball gown. Oh, it was his pool. Yeah, it was a New Year's party that was just like this epic three-day thing. And for some reason, like on, you know, day two, I decided to go swimming in a ball gown. There, there was definitely alcohol was involved. You know, it was just like a, a, a wild time. You're and, dancing um, around all the... I mean, it's it's three I mean, days. It it's like, three days. Sw- swimming. Yeah, I mean, there were psychedelics involved. There was just a lot of fun stuff. Um, maybe some whippets. But uh, we, I definitely uh, like was feeling 
very fancy and swimming around in a ball gown is a great feeling. And then all of a sudden I was like, I'm going under and nobody's looking. <laughs> oh no, that's terrifying. <laughs> I managed to make it to the side of the pool. I was fine. It is very like fun to picture you still keeping your glass above the water break <laughs> though, just because it's like, no, this part can't get wet. Like as you go under your hand, almost like rose uh, in Titanic. Glug, glug, glug. Yeah, yeah. I'll put a picture of it. Actually, I think there is a picture of me swimming in the ball gown on my IG. Okay. Um, Do but- you have any other ball gown drama that we should know about? before we kick into the episode snapped my ankle playing croquet in high heels almost drowned in a ball gown um oh yeah i got hauled off to the hospital wearing like a really fancy costume when i was playing perdita in the winter's tale and i was wearing this like amazing blue silk flowing ball gown and um my friend when she came to um pick me up at the hospital i'd had peanuts oh no yeah, and they found me in the dressing room, like basically almost unconscious. And they called the ambulance. They hauled me off. They, it was fine. They, I got treatment and everything. But when my friend Allison came to collect me at the hospital, at that point I was out of danger, and so they like turned all of the machines off and everything. But she came and she thought I was dead, and I was lying there in this beautiful ball gown with my hair in ringlets, like flowing. And she said there was this like terrifying moment where. Yeah, she thought she was looking at a beautiful corpse, but no. Oh, was... you are so anti-Cinderella. <laughs> You're just like Cinderella's opposite in every way. Yeah, <laughs> it's kind great. of. Yeah. yeah. Wait, what does that mean, though? Uh, well, I always picture Cinderella as like having it all in a ball gown, you oh. know, being like, you know, dashing and being swept off her feet uh-huh. and instead you got like duped into eating peanuts and you're laying in a hospital bed with a wrist wrap on it with your name on it but i looked really good damn right yeah hell yeah yeah i'm definitely accident prone are you yes i i, I believe that but i also i feel like people who say they're accident prone are mm, i don't know let me think on it because most more times than not it's like out of your control Right. And that's not your fault. No, but I definitely have the stories of like going overboard on an Alaskan fishing boat or, you know, like, you know, eating peanuts and almost dying during a production of The Winter's Tale or whatever. Like I have Why did you eat peanuts? Stories. It was in something that I had ordered for lunch that was like weird and innocuous. It was like a croissant or something. There was like oh, and traces like... of peanuts from like a neighboring pastry or something. Neighbor pastries? Neighboring pastry, yeah. You gotta be careful of neighbor pastries. You do. That's why I get a nut buffer when I fly is because it just takes a little bit like in the environment to make me really sick so speaking of if everyone out there is listening if you're just listening for the first time every time mary jane flies like for the holidays coming up with christmas yep you get a nut buffer i get a nut buffer (laughs) (laughs) which the first time i had it i didn't know it was called a nut buffer until i asked you know air canada when i was on the phone with them about traveling with my dog if they did anything and they were like oh yeah and then they sent me this like very official form in french and english with a nut buffer zone established around me that's so cool when yeah. they put you in the plastic ball and roll you down the center aisle. <laughs> That's got to feel really awesome. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's great. And then you try and sit down and just like crunch the plastic <laughs> in the chair, apologize yeah. to the person next to you. Does Archie get in the plastic ball with you he, or does he get his own tiny one? We both just wear little tiny masks. That's adorable. Matching masks, yeah. Oh, he wears one too even though he's not allergic? Yeah, in solidarity, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Nut buffer solidarity. That would be great if everybody on your flight wore nut buffer solidarity masks with you. I mean, I just wish they didn't serve peanuts on planes, you know? Like, they, there are so many other things they could serve. They don't anymore. They serve they bad do. pretzels. No, they still, still do the peanut absolutely. thing? Absolutely. I feel like we're so beyond that. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I so, mean, although there are so many environmental allergies, I guess they can't kowtow to every single one of them. But peanuts are so serious, and it's like... 
just even some peanut dust can make certain people i mean i'm not as sensitive the most sensitive people really if you open a package anywhere near them it can send them to the hospital it's yeah terrible. I mean, they're probably already under the ground Ugh. i but give me like a mini oreo or everybody should get mini m&ms on a flight like uh, no. let's go m&ms are peanuts no they're not yes M&Ms. they are no they're not yes hey hey listen <laughs> am i the problem yeah <laughs> M&M's, I can't even eat the chocolate M&M's because they're processed in the same factory as the peanut M&M's and they'll make me fucking sick. Wow. Yeah, it's crazy. I think Cheez-Its. Everyone loves a Cheez-It or yeah. a goldfish cracker or a pretzel. Oh, a goldfish would be really nice. Yeah. A Cheez-It or a goldfish seems like, honestly, if Delta would get involved, that sounds like a really nice snack move. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Good call. Really good call. Listen up, Delta and all other airlines. Wow. Okay. Um, yeah. Or maybe we need to get rid of everyone with the peanut allergy. Oh. Like maybe this is some let's eugenicize the situation <laughs> so that we can all have peanuts the way that God intended. Hmm. I don't think I'm a fan of that. Likewise. <laughs> <laughs> um all right. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm sorry I said it. That's okay. We do want to just like pretend I didn't say it and get to the news. Yes. Okay, or thank let's, God. Well, th- we were at the Emerald Cup this week. We got to like talk a little bit about that because it was so fucking cool. It's a cup done right, huh? Yeah. It really is. I had such a wonderful time and it was for a first experience. I'm a fan and I will go back every single year. Yeah, it was really awesome. Thank you to the Emerald Cup for having us because we got to go kind of like do a podcast on the official real canna bus there. We got to open the Emerald Cup. Yeah. We were the very first podcast who got to record. We wake and baked. Waked and baked? Woked we, and boked. Woke and boked. <laughs> we uh, hung out with Corey Thomas, who is our guest today. She's fucking amazing, and we'll introduce her in a bit, but we also then got to run around. We got to see um, Great Moments in Weed History do a live podcast. It's such a good app. I can't wait for it to drop. I don't want to ruin who their guest is because it'll ruin a lot of the live aspect of it, uh-huh. but j- just like needless to say, it was such a great live experience, and Abdullah's pure joy was so evident yeah it was so evident it was dope and they don't normally have guests they normally just like bean tells abdullah the story of whoever it is that they're talking about that historical figure but at the emerald cup they had an og show up and it was fucking awesome and then we all smoked together at 420 yes we did yeah also shout out to bean for um making that whole thing happen with their guests and then being able to keep a fucking secret that long because i don't know if i could keep a secret like that it was fucking great and then Tommy Chong was there Tommy Chong got the Willie Nelson award which is just like (laughs) an Ouroboros of fucking weed people handed over by Snoop Dogg (laughs) lit by Bob Marley yeah and yeah it was great um there were the Flatbush Zombies were there well don't spoil all of that because my butt of the week is associated with Flatbush Zombies right okay well we don't need to say too much more about it but I did want to um just say thank you to the Emerald Cup and also just mention a few of the winning products because the Emerald Cup is really now like the competition of note like if you're winning at the emerald cup you literally are the best on the planet and um it was a big deal because i knew i knew it was a big deal because when they showed all of the entries there was so many people gathered around really picking apart each and every entry yeah people care so much yeah and all those people were there and that's 
to me, what a cup is all about. Yeah, it's people, I mean, people who go to the Emerald Cup really care about genetics. They care about the growers. They care about the plant that everything is being made from. People were in line to touch moss. Yeah. Like we saw moss touching, which I've never seen at an event. It was so quiet in that particular area too. It was like the agricultural hall of mosses or whatever. And they were like talking about like different kinds of mulches. And it was just, yeah, they didn't like us very much because we were, I think, a little too irreverent for their very serious like moss talk. Sorry about your moss talk. I'm not a gardener's wet dream. <laughs> but we, um, the, so I just wanted to shout out some of the winners of the Emerald Cup Raw Garden, one of our favorites. Love them. Love them. Um, yeah. I was just at another event and they sold out like that. Yeah. I was like, yo, real deal and one of my faves. I'm really excited actually to meet um, one of the uh, folks who's heading up the breeding program at Raw Gardens because uh, he's married to a Newfoundlander. And she reached out um, and said, like, we should go and hang out in Santa Barbara sometime. So that's what's up. Definitely want to do that. So Raw Garden won the um, live resin cartridges uh, category with their lime mojito refined live resin cartridge. Can't fucking wait to try that. Um, Legion of Bloom is another great company that won. Eel River Organics. Um, We had uh, Atlas Edibles won the sweet edibles category with their cannabis-infused granola clusters. Ooh, healthy and smart. I love that. Yeah, and I love Zendo Edibles. They won the savory category with their all-natural peanut butter, which I cannot have. Wow. How did you even get into the Emerald (laughs) Cup? It's amazing. It was cool to walk around with you while you were wearing all that plastic around you my the hamster entire ball. time. Yeah. And I was like, I'm Mike Laser, and I was like, oh, this must be Mary Jane. Yeah. And then you would fist bump through the plastic. I'm allergic to peanuts. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it was it was great. It was just, I thought, a really um, like heady, cool event with, you know, everyone who's anyone in, in the weed world in the NorCal grow scene. And then we got to like sit down and talk with Corey. Yeah. Last thing I'd like to say about the Emerald Cup, there were so many people who were wearing judges um, tags. Yeah. And each of them were talking with so much pride mm-hmm. about being one of the judges selected. And that was really cool to hear too. Just just like people geeking out, caring a lot. And some of them had like notebooks filled with their thoughts on each of their entries. Really, really cool stuff. They should use a gold leaf if they're going to have that kind of stuff. Oh, just saying. It. Yeah, the tasting jotter. Yeah. That's a fucking great idea. Right? Yeah. yeah. If gold leaf and the emerald cup would collab... collab Yo, that's where it's at. That's an awesome idea. Yeah, um, April was a judge, and she was saying, our friend April uh, got to judge some of the BHO, or all of the BHO, that was her category, and she was saying that um, they had a meeting, all of the judges actually, which uh, they used to do at the Cannabis Cups when I was with High Times, there was like this very cool judges dinner. If you were a judge, you would get to go, and everyone would eat together, and then you, you would all smoke your like top entries, and you would kind of make the decision together as a group, and that doesn't happen anymore at those cups, but at the Emerald Cup, there's this like amazing um gathering i think they did it maybe by skype they didn't all actually sit down together but like they take it so seriously it's very important they all met and they shared kind of like the cannabis cups used to they compared notes yeah fucking cool yeah i love that you know real real people with real knowledge making big decisions about brands that you know it'll it'll affect a company to the tune of you know making or breaking them if they if they want to win at the emerald cup that kind of sets them up for for good absolutely yeah oh i love the idea too of like everybody 
passing on their knowledge to each other because then you will hear like eventually it'll reach me yeah and that knowledge reaching me is the knowledge that i want to know because it kind of like passed muster yep all the way down the line yeah you need experts making decisions at the very top so that they can pass it on to you exactly yeah you don't need me making decisions no it's like um uh what's her name in uh miranda priest in uh devil wears prada talking about how she's made the decision for you know about the blue oh, the cerulean the cerulean sweater yes yes <laughs> it's exactly like that these are oh. the Miranda priests of weed. <laughs> That's so great. Yeah. What you do not know is that sweater was chosen for you. Yeah. Oh, man. I love that part. Can we say that my favorite line of all time? It might be my favorite line in all of cinema. Yeah. Ready? Why, Why is no, no one ready? ready? <laughs> <laughs> I love that you knew it. Thank you so, so much. So good. It's my favorite. I, that's that's what this episode is about. Yeah. And especially with Corey. Yes. As one of those Mirandas. Yeah. She is the fucking coolest. And I want to introduce her right after we do our uh, news story. Oh, yeah. Which is... I'm geeked as hell. I know. Speaking of Mirandas, this guy's a Miranda. Well, Willie Nelson... So there was a rumor that went around that Willie Nelson had quit smoking weed. And people were just, you know, horrified and wondering what the fuck was up. And so Marijuana Moment reports, written by uh, Lindsay Bartlett, she wrote up a story about it. So uh, Willie Nelson's son got online and was like, look, here's here's the deal. He, he set them straight in a tweet. And he said, "There's a, there are a lot of articles going around saying my father is no longer smoking weed. It's almost 2020. How people ingest cannabis has changed between vaping, edibles, gummies, drops, etc. I think it's safe to say Willie will never stop enjoying Mary Jane. That's what's up. So there you have it. And if he had, grow the fuck up. Mind your, come on. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, if he doesn't do the same thing he's always done forever and changes, then he's no longer a hero. Yo, yeah. grow the fuck up. He can do whatever he wants. It's Willie Nelson. That's what cannabis is about. Freedom. Yeah, yeah exactly. Freedom of choice. Yep. Top to bottom. Use it, don't use it, but be an advocate for it. If you don't use it, be an ally. And if you do use it, then uh, don't worry about anyone else who is using it. That's what it is. Yeah. So even if Willie like no longer consumed, okay. That's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Great music. And thank you, Willie, for a real great time. Yeah. Also, would um, would you... This is morbid, so... Uh-oh. But I feel like... Um, I was thinking the other day, like, I would smoke some of my friend's ashes. Oh, so interesting that you say that because the founder of High Times, Tom Forsad, um, he killed himself in 1978 and his friends smoked his ashes. Did they really? At the top of the World Trade Center. Really? Mm -hmm. In New York. That's beautiful. Yeah, they rolled him up and smoked him. That's so beautiful. Yeah. Cool. I don't think it's morbid at all. I think it's actually really cool. Yeah, that's yeah. a beautiful send off. I would smoke well, off. I don't, yeah, I don't know if I would necessarily like direct anyone to smoke my ashes, but like scatter my ashes while you smoke a joint for sure. You don't want me to smoke you? Um, I mean, if you want to smoke me, that'd be great. I also don't want to make you do anything that you don't, you know. Again, it's a it's choice. Yeah. All right. Well, if you choose to smoke my ashes, I would not be mad about it. I would do that. Nice. I would absolutely do it. I would do it while playing croquet. With in a, a ball gown. In a ball gown, <laughs> sipping champagne. Nice. Yeah, I, I give you my word. I like well, that. I think you're gonna live longer than me, but um, oh. but uh, but you can smoke my ashes too if you want. Okay. Yeah. I don't know if I'm gonna outlive you. I don't think so. No, I think we're gonna go at the same time. Oh no. Hand in hand, Mike. <laughs> oh yeah. Off into the universal sauce together. Off into the sauce. Yeah. Yeah, Thelma and Louise style. Sure. Great. <laughs> Why are you so open to this right now? I don't know. <laughs> you know, it's the holidays. <laughs> they get you thinking about all kinds of stuff. Yeah, right? Yeah, the stresses and anxieties. Ooh, well, I'm um, need a lot of weed. 
Honestly? Yeah. 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 It's it's like, oh, so this is something I kind of wanted to talk with you about. Uh, I've gotten quite a few DMs from people who are asking like, hey, I need weed to deal with the family. holidays and family. Mm-hmm. Can I fly? Can I do this? What do you suggest? Right. Edibles, vape, flower. Dear God, help me. Uh-huh. I always say, nobody gives a shit. Do it. Uh, I know it's illegal. I'm not telling you to fly with anything when right. it is illegal, but also no one seems to fucking care anymore. Well, I don't know. Is that bad advice? Yes. That nobody cares? It is bad advice that nobody cares because, you know, so if you're, for instance, if you're in California, like LAX actually issued sort of a statement or whatever that they weren't going to be searching people for cannabis anymore. Um, and, you know, so if I, like I'm flying from LAX to Seattle where cannabis is also legal. So going from one legal state to another, um, I'm not too worried about it. But technically, all airspace is controlled by the feds and it's federally illegal. So you are breaking the law if you're getting on an airplane with weed. That said, like I definitely would put a vape cartridge in my cosmetic case and not worry about it too much. I always travel with my tinctures and topicals, always. But there are some places where you really do have to be really careful. So, you know, do it with caution if you are traveling with it. And if it's possible for you not to travel with it and just, you know, get a hookup when you when you land and find it, find a friend, then that's what I would advise. Don't travel with it. Great advice. You know? Great advice. Thank you, you for calling it. it out. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. it's hard. Life is hard. Life, <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, yo, real talk. I still remember sitting in my bathroom Excuse me, at my family's house mm-hmm. and taking a toilet paper and stuffing it with dryer sheets. Oh, a sploof. A sploof uh-huh. and just like hitting the fucking pen hard yeah. in the bathroom before dinner and then just blowing it out the window and then going downstairs a little bit easier, a little yeah. bit more relaxed than I would have been otherwise. Yeah, that's definitely, I mean, I'm, I, I fully anticipate that I will be on uh, five milligrams of tincture at any given moment. Yeah. Oh, I love that you call it a sploof and I call it a dube tube. But oh. either way, as you were talking about five milligrams at any moment, what I was thinking about was if we could track um, dryer sheet sales and how they always <laughs> spike over the holidays. Everyone's doing way more laundry or whatever. It's like, no, no, no. We all just need to get by. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, what else? Uh, well, for Buds of the Week, I'd love to go first because you kind of shared who it is this week for me. Nice. Yes. Hope Lord. Yeah. He is the truth. Yeah. I had been on a BuzzFeed video playing Stone Dodgeball, and I was wearing your Talking Terps shirt. It's an awesome pink shirt that says Talking Terps and has Terp Crawford on it um, from Flatbush Zombies. And thanks to that BuzzFeed video, Hope Lord and I connected over Instagram. We've followed each other for years now, but at the Emerald Cup was the first time we'd ever met. And I had a great time getting to know him a little bit. Old boy was wearing a Pendleton blanket, acting like the whole world was his bed. (laughs) An amazing hero to all of us. Yeah, he knows how to roll. Yeah. Um, And he has a dog, a little French bulldog named Mary Jane. Oh, really? Yeah. Aww. Yeah, she's a little sweetie. So check out his Instagram, at HopeLord. Definitely check out the Flash 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 Blat. Flatbush Zombies. Yep. Um, I saw them live in Vegas, and they put on a 
kick fucking ass show. Mm-hmm. It was so goddamn fun. And then if you're looking for holiday presents, go to Hope Lord's IG and check out all of the Talking Terps merch because he makes real cool tie-dye shirts, amazing blankets. He's just a cool dude who smokes hella weed and now I consider him a friend. So Nice. Yeah. And can I say on the holiday gift giving tip, you were on Cheddar today. Oh, I was. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that was really fun. Thank you, Zoe Wilder, our publicist, for connecting that so that uh, I could be on Cheddar the same way you were a month ago. Now Weed and Grub has just taken over yeah. the fucking airwaves. <laughs> yeah, but I got to say, you were on Cheddar in a pink robe, on a, like chewing on a candy cane and looking That's true. just so comfortable. <laughs> I was real. I, I was pulling my inner Hope Lord out. Yeah. Just sitting there with a hairy chest slurping <laughs> on a candy cane. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> Thank um, you. Who's yeah. your butt of the week? My butt of the week is Allie Lou, our friend Allie. She's on Instagram at a loser, A-L-U-Z-E-R. She's just so fucking funny and cool and she's making so many things happen for herself and she and her boyfriend Baldev are like, I don't know, I just love everything they're doing. They're working like as comedians and writers and they've got, you know, things that they're developing and um, I don't know, I, she's also just like a, a, a dear friend now too and um, that can't be overstated. Like it's it's hard to make friends in LA. It's hard to find your people. It's hard to make friends in life. Yeah, but I feel like LA is especially difficult because it's very isolating, and um, so when you find your people, you you know gotta appreciate them and hold them tight. So I love Allie. She's funny as hell. Follow her on Instagram. Check out everything that she's making. She's gonna be running fucking Hollywood in ten years. Probably. I have no doubt. Yeah. Um. And yeah, that's my butt of the week. I love it. Both of us have good buds. I mean, yo. Shout out to everyone listening. You're my goddamn butt of the week, too. Because yeah. us, honestly, the holidays make me crazy. Yeah. And being able to do this podcast with you every single week and then have people like hit us up on our Instagram at Weed and Grub and DM with us at Weed and Grub and just like build out this community, I lean on it harder now more than ever. Yeah. It's so cool to hear from everyone who gets in touch from all the... We, I, we just had someone get in touch from uh, Hawaii asking about the... She was like, what is this about the voofing? <laughs> oh, where you put a suppository the, in your... Uh, it makes me... All the words make me uncomfortable to say. Yes, marijuana suppository in my vagina. Thank you. Correct. Okay. <laughs> I am beet red under this beard. My God. Um, well, should we get to our guest? Absolutely. So Corey Thomas is our guest. We met up with Corey at the Emerald Cup. She had just come from MJ BizCon. She's in her third decade entering the cannabis industry. She's entering her third decade in the cannabis industry. She's fucking fantastic. She's like highly decorated, award-winning cannabis grower, products maker, all around fucking badass. And she sat down with us at the Emerald Cup for... A really fun interview got as high as hell. Yo, lift off. <laughs> Shout out to Loud Pack. Yeah. Um, really fun. The sound is a little, you know, I mean, we were at a live event and you can you can tell, but um I love that shit. Super fun interview. So yeah. Yeah. Thank you for making it happen because I was pretty fucking geeked. Like I don't really love waking up early and you wake up early when it's the right thing, and this was like, ooh wee, let's get up early. I've been so looking forward to talking to Corey for the podcast, and I hope she'll come back because it went so fast. It did. Yeah, like the whole thing just kind of flew by. So I'd love to sit down with her again. Okay. Um, but yeah, so I guess here's the first of our uh, Weed and Grub episodes with Corey Thomas. Hi, everyone. As you know, Mike and I love to travel and we love to check out new shops everywhere we go. Yeah. One of our favorite places to go is Vegas. What's up, Vegas? What up? Yo, life is beautiful. The Fremont experience. Any reason at all? Any? Seriously, any reason Do at all. Do you want to go right now? 
Yes, let's go. Let's well, go. while we're there, we should go to, to our favorite dispensary, Euphoria Wellness. They were the first dispensary to open in Las Vegas, and they have won multiple Best of Las Vegas awards. Right? You open first, and you do it the best? Mm -hmm. Sign me up. I loved how when we got to Euphoria, the staff was super welcoming. So nice. And then check-in was super quick. And then the best part, you have an experienced wellness guide with you, so they can walk you through the entire process and help you select the best products for what you need. And they have a huge selection of flour, edibles, cartridges, and tons more. And they're house brand of flour, which is called Suma. So good. It's amazing. Yeah, Suma. Um, Yo, Suma. honestly, you walk in there, you go through check-in, and then you have a wellness guide walk you through, and then you get Suma. Yeah. Stop. That's so, so good. Check them out the next time you're in Vegas. Their website is euphoriawellnessnv.com. That's euphoriawellnessnv, like for Nevada, dot com. Yeah, and use our special promo code GRUB, and you'll get 10% off your next visit at the dispensary. Keep out of reach of children. For use only by adults 21 years of age and older. No other coupons or discounts apply. You did it like one of the... That yeah, sounded right? so good. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. Go to euphoriawellnessnv.com. What up, Mary Jane? How's it going, Mike? It's going splendid. We are live at the Emerald Cup with an amazing guest today. Hi, Corey. Hi, I'm so excited to be here at Emerald Cup and, of course, here on Weed and Grub with you guys as well. I've been listening for a long time and I love you guys so much, so it's great to be here with you. I'm so excited to talk to you. Will you tell our listeners just a little bit about who you are and what you do? Sure. So my name's Corey Thomas. Um, I'm a second generation cannabis farmer. I've been in the space, 2020 will be my third decade in the cannabis space in California. My parents are still cultivating to this day since the late 90s. Um, I am the founder of a brand called Honeypot. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Award winning. Yes, we actually are High Times Most Awarded Topical Company, and I am currently holding the title of High Times Most Awarded Woman. So that's a real yeah. honor. And, and cover. Yeah, I was going to say, and you were on the cover. Yes, I was on the cover of High Times last year, which was a dream that I never thought was attainable because, you know, in the history of High Times, there's been, you know, celebrities and all sorts of, you know, cannabis plants and flowers, of course, is the main celebrity of the magazine. But, you know, there hasn't been a lot of people from the cannabis community that have had the honor to grace the cover. So to represent the community and the women of the community in the Weed for Women issue was a, a tremendous honor that I never even thought was an attainable goal. So it was an amazing experience for me. It's I. I'm so thrilled to talk to you for so many reasons and also just today like because we're here at the Emerald Cup and you're coming to the Emerald Cup from Vegas. Right. So and your yep. vantage point as someone who's <laughs> been in the business for three decades from your parents growing to now and you're like you've got I think of all the people I've ever met you must have the biggest and longest view of what's happening in cannabis culture. It's definitely been a wild ride and evolution. Um, even just this week I started my week uh, last Saturday, I was at Secret Sesh in Southern California, which is a you know community event. It was started Tim and Tone. They they started the event in mansions, and it was very community focused. And then left there and and went to Vegas for MJ BizCon, which is the complete opposite end of the spectrum. Um, it's really a good example of what corporate cannabis has you know, is becoming um, and what even what our community has turned into. Um, I think, you know, as cannabis becomes less about the community and more of a commodity, a lot of the culture and the reasons that I love the space are, are fading off. And there's a lot of the um, alternative energy coming into the space. A lot of, you know, I mean, I, there's a lot of Douche green coming into the space. Thanks, Mike. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah. yeah. So I mean, it's it's tough, you know, because a lot of the same people who who shunned us for a, for a long period of time and and gave us a lot of social anxieties. We were stoners. We were losers. We were drug dealers. We had to hide and lie to a lot of people. Um, and for those of us who were committed to cannabis and stuck through it, you know, um, we're now having to evolve to stay in the space that we care so much about. I, I liked being a drug dealer. I liked sharing cannabis and, you know, having people come into my home and, you know, talking to them and sharing our stories and sharing that type of community that the cannabis compassion space was all about. Um, so, you know, I find myself now having to evolve into, you know, what the cannabis space is becoming. So, you know, I've been to BizCon twice. I went one in, in 2017 and then this past year and both times I left, you know, having feeling honestly depressed and traumatized by the space that I care so much about and what's happening to it. So to be able to now end my week after such opposite ends of the spectrum here at the Emerald Cup, which is all about the community. I have goosebumps just thinking about it right now. It's the most beautiful space. I walked through the gates this morning and I was able to take a deep breath. These are my people. This is the community that I care so much about and why I've committed my life to the space. So it's really awesome to be here with you guys and just at Emerald Cup and experience this. Are you, is it, are they a necessary evil though? Because they're the people who are gonna get things the way they need to get and then it'll all work itself out in the end so unfortunately proposition 64 wasn't written for the community um california you know passed proposition 215 in 1996 and for for pretty much 20 plus years we had a really unregulated market so we created an industry that was from the traditional space without regulation and um you know when when 64 was written I, it was portrayed to the public and to the voters as legal cannabis, and that's all anyone ever saw. Because let's be real, most of us aren't reading these bills that we're, we're voting for. I don't even read my deep. iTunes, like... <laughs> the, the terms and conditions, terms the things conditions. that are constantly like, agreeing to that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, take all my data. I don't know. I need that song. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So that's, you know, it was free weed, legal weed, legal weed. That's how it was marketed and presented to the voter. And so, you know, back... it. That's what changed the community here in California. 64 was not written to keep those people in in the industry. Colorado, for example, had a regulated medical market when they passed their when they passed their 64 amendment 64, and so uh, a lot of the community was able to stay in the space. And don't get me wrong, there's a lot of people from the from the traditional market that stuck in it for 20 years. They're pre ICO or they 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 got those licenses because they didn't give up. And I'm so grateful for those people, but. Um, you know, again, 64 wasn't written for us to stay in the space, and and it was so difficult to get a license. And so, you know, in certain areas, you can't even work in the industry if you're a felon, where some of, you know, the most, like, legendary people from the space, they serve time because that's what you did. That's, like, how, you know, you got over those, those hills and those mountains, so. I was surprised to read that one of the architects of Prop 215, Dennis Perone, who was, like, one of the spearheading mm -hmm. figures behind the medical marijuana movement, uh, campaigned against Prop 64 because Definitely. he feared exactly what's happening. Right, right. And you really do see that now small businesses are being squeezed out. And I feel like at the same time, you're not only having to educate these people who are coming in with the money, you're also having to explain yourself to them, which has got to be so infuriating. I think, you know, for, for the small group of people like myself that, you know, have been able to cross over into the, the legal market, I mean, 
the state didn't again you know they're raising taxes against on us they're they're pushing they're pushing us out of our own space you know so i think for the few of us that have found their way into this legal space and you know once the sops are written and you know all, all, what we built you know has become into that corporate cycle what our new where i feel my place is is to tell that story mm -hmm. and to make sure that the people that have come into the space in the past few years they know who dennis perone is they know who brownie mary is they know that that they don't forget that people were that are still in prison for life right now serving life sentences for cannabis that people like the money you're making right now the money that you see those dollar signs that comes off of the hardships and the hard work that a lot of people experienced so you know i mean it, it's it's a it's a transitional period for everyone and and i think you know i have to overcome the social anxieties that i have and the traumas that i experienced in the traditional market and tell those stories and you know let not let people forget that you know those dollar signs come with a lot of like pain and and also compassion right because as a bud tender and for you know i think in the medical market and even still today people patients are coming in and they're looking for an answer they're looking for help and and it's not an easy place to be in to be that person that that is the on the front lines and communicating with the consumer and that's looking for an answer and for help you know so i mean it's it's a it's a crazy time for everyone right like would yeah. you mind talking if you feel comfortable like a couple of those traumas and l's that you took because you have more trophies accolades and a resume that is like longer than the constitution so <laughs> but like you still got to take those l's and right back. right right so the first time, sorry, we're on, I'm sp I'm sparking a joint at the yes. same time, so <laughs> we got a lift. Right. We got you. a lift ticket pre-roll here, so shout out lift ticket, live resin infused joints here. Uh, yeah, I mean, so the day that I won my first cannabis cup was in the spring of 2015. Um, at that time, my stepdad was in prison for nonviolent cannabis crimes in the state of Nevada. My mother uh, was you know, cultivating cannabis on her own during that time. Um, you know, that, that was extremely difficult on our family um, to, to lose, you know, the, the patriarch of our family to, you know, to the game. Mm -hmm. um, relationships, right? There's, there's, there's lots of relationships that have been lost based on, you know, trusting someone that, you know, you could, you could give them those packs and they'd get back to you, things happen. Um, I got set up by someone I went to high school to be home invaded, to be robbed. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's Wait, been- Is it because they got got, and so they made a deal no. to like get somebody on the- So he came, the guy came and picked up from me, and like, I was 21 at the time, right? And so I was in college, and my front door was open, and I had the packs under the table, because it was no big deal. I let it, he came in and left, and left the door unlocked, and I didn't think anything of it, and 10 minutes later, there's a bunch of dudes running in the house, and- Damn. Luckily, Whoa. Gary. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and you're 21 and you're just like, yeah. what is this? Right. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, at that point I had already witnessed, unfortunately, some extreme violence in my life. I, I did witness a murder at the age of 21 years old. Wow. So yeah, I mean, it wasn't from, you know, the cannabis space, but um, other than cannabis, I'd, I've always been in event production and promotion and rave promotion and stuff like that. So 
you know, I think just that uh, the underground world in which I lived in for such a long period of time, you know, there's a lot of dark sides to it. But it was also, you know, a, a blessing and something that I'm so very grateful to have been a part of. So, could I ask you a real hard question about that? Yeah. Why'd you stay it? So my parents are in the space, right? So all what it ultimately comes down to is like in high school, I was a stoner. I got kicked out of my sophomore math class for being too high in school. <laughs> Cool. Sorry. <laughs> I was being, Amazing. you know, the reality is, is I was struggling with depression and anxiety in my own life and things that were happening. And public school wasn't for me. I don't think it's really for a majority of the public. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I little did I know that I was like on the path to where I am today, you know, becoming, you know, a cannabis expert. That back then I was just, you know, the stoner getting kicked out of school. So it's always been, you know, my relationship with cannabis is why... I don't give up. It's, 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 um, I, I have a very close personal relationship with cannabis. My parents are also in the space. Um, so, you know, I mean, it's, it's just who we are and you know, it's, it's part of, it's part of life. I mean, it is right. So that's a, a live resin infused paper pre-roll lift ticket loud pack collab. They're amazing. Yeah. Lift tickets makes anything better. <coughs> anything inside it, it tastes better. It's so good. Oh. I was gonna say, can we talk a little, <coughs> talk a little shit? <laughs> I just want to hear a little more about Vegas and about like the sort of access of. I've never been to MJ BizCon, and I so you know with my like I went to the Amsterdam Cannabis Cup. Yeah. And I've seen it evolve from there to like coming to Hall of Flowers most recently, uh -huh. and now being here at the Emerald Cup. But MJ BizCon sort of fascinates me from afar because so many people talk about it as sort of the the pinnacle, like, oh, we've arrived now. We're taking over Vegas with all, and it sounds like you, you, your thoughts on it are that it's really like uh, problematic. Okay, so again, it's that sixty-four situation, right? Right. It's like it is like for me, I just have to accept the reality of what the industry has become. Um, we're outlaws, right? Sixty-four was written in California, as we're in one of the most highly regulated spaces in the nation um and we're outlaws like we break laws that's what we've always done so it doesn't really make sense that in the long run you know once big business is involved that outlaws are going to be able to be a part of the most regulated business mm -hmm. so um yeah i mean on a personal level it's like heartbreaking for me you know i mean i liked being in the space I was in, I avoided a, a job in corporate America mm -hmm. um, and chose a path that made me feel good, <laughs> that filled my soul. And now I find myself having to evolve to fit into a world that I never really wanted to be a part of, to stay in my space. Um, and then to be, you know, I went to a party. I, I didn't walk the trade show floor because. For me, I don't need equipment or packaging, and that's pretty much like, or, you know, if you need bulk hemp or like packaging equipment or, you know, packaging, then the BizCon, the actual convention is where you would go to find that. But there's so many extra other parties that are, that are going on around that event. And so I attended a party and I mean, it was the guys that made fun of me in high school and their escorts and their fancy cars and their big warehouse and like everyone that like, is not like so many collars mm. dude it was just i mean and it's yeah so yeah. coming here 
is like the great the best way for me to end that whole experience but at the end of the day i mean it is what it is you know so that's why it's like they can't ever they can take the space and they are and they will mm-hmm. you know i mean it's been the lack of regulation in the united states that has kept them out of it and they're already investing in canada and in other places you know to big tobacco and alcohol mm-hmm. so as soon as you know things happen here it's theirs it's already theirs but would you ever run for an office so that you could start working on the bills? I mean, I would just always be them? honest. You know what I mean? Yeah. I just, I think that's like where, where I would like, as far as politics are concerned, <laughs> right? like my history, my story, you know, I mean, at the, I mean, I, th- it, when it becomes rescheduled, it'll just be another commodity. And all we have is our stories. That's, you know, and, and my experience and, that's what I'm now focusing my attention on um, is is trying to to keep that really 25 years of history like from being forgotten because the faster all these new people come in the less and less the people that even know that story are involved and you know if we don't shout it loud and proud like hey you can't forget our culture you can't forget our community if it wasn't for us you wouldn't be making this money today so Hell What's yeah. the book going to be called? <laughs> Come so, on. Yeah. Yo. yeah. So I'm working on it already, for sure. Okay, cool. And so it's like part uh, autobiography and then also fun educational, right? So um, as you hear about the experiences I have had, you'll also be able to have those same experiences. How to make an apple pipe, how to grow, how to build a bedroom grow, things like that. That's so awesome. My story as well is fun stuff. And, you know, I... I want to sh- like sharing, like I said, is something that I, why I'm in this space. And so, you know, sharing recipes and sharing ways to make your own products and how to, you know, bring cannabis into your life and have a healthy relationship with cannabis. That's where, you know, my, that's what will fill me back up again right now. You know, that's where my attention is going. So you're the original intersection of weed and grub with your infused amazing all the like teas and yes. honeys and yes. what are what are some of the other things that you like to make so you know i just like tinkering you know i love to cook um i've always really liked to cook i um i originally was making cookies and brownies so my parents right 10 years ago trim which is now basically the largest commodity in the space because you can make all of the other products with right. it with it we called it trash we like burned it on the hill or dumped it in a dumpster behind a building really? because you had all this excess trash, right? So mm-hmm. like you can't throw your trash away in your trash can in your front yard or out of your grow or wherever in your dumpster. So now we're having to, you know, export our trash basically. So people, you know, there was tr- ba- like bags and bags, trash bags of, of trash is what they called it. Yeah. Wow. So my parents had all this trim and so it was like, what can we do with it? So I started making edibles I would sell like, you know, Toll House cookie edibles with, with, you know, magical butter style butter that I just made in my crock pot or whatever. We'd take them in Tupperware. Who knows what they were even like. They were pretty strong. (laughs) But were they soft in the middle? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Soft in the middle. (laughs) Definitely. So, you know, I, I, now, I mean, the, the cool thing about the products that I'm making, and I think they're almost even the new consumer, the 64 consumer, is or is a little bit the the infused baked goods or the products like mine the infused foods the honey and the olive oil products that you can make your own edibles i think they're a little bit intimidated of those products still because mm-hmm. um at least in california 
I, it's been pretty much like a whole new wave of consumers that's purchasing through the licensed dispensaries where a lot of people are still, you know, coming to events like this or have found cannabis through the traditional market still to be able to consume because, you know, a lot of us were consuming for such a long time and now, you know, it's going to be upwards of potentially $20 tax on an eighth of flour Ugh. starting January 1st. It's crazy. Yo, so, but I think crazy. they're doing it on purpose. I, I feel like that. Like, if yeah. you're listening, Lori, Lori Ajax, if you're listening, you guys push us out of the space, you know, but a lot, we're committed and high tax. We know that taxes are going to balance back out eventually. And the people that don't give up are the people that are going to have a place. And I mean, none of these laws are written for, for the people that really care, but you know, our, our commitment to cannabis is being tested. And you, I mean, you gotta just remember why you're in it. And if you're in it for money, then it's, you're not gonna want it, you won't, I don't think enough people will make it through these hard times if they're just in it for money, because it really takes that commitment and that drive to get up every day and be a part of something bigger. And you know, you can, you know, money is in a lot of different places, but it's not easy right now. I don't think many people are making much money in California in the cannabis industry. I mean, the margins have got, I just was reading about a company that was like, their product is being sold for 11 and they're making a dollar or something. Oh yeah. And that's where it is right now too. And also so many people are coming in from other industries where they're like, okay, well we're going to lose money for a couple of years. Mm -hmm. We're going to pay for that shelf space. You know, a lot of stores are, are not just as easily putting products they enjoy on the shelf anymore. It's you're paying for the shelf space and Margins are, you know, next to non-existent, but you're it's grabbing that shelf a space. <laughs> <laughs> There's some crazy. There's all there sorts of fun stuff going on here at the Emerald Cup. I just want to call it out if people are listening here. Yeah. Like, they're gonna play horseshoes or something. <laughs> yeah. Oh, fun. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Okay, that's like good. That. I would definitely play horseshoes. <laughs> Hell yes. <laughs> Wait, do you go underhand or do you toss it like a frisbee? I'm so bad. I throw it behind me every time. <laughs> I try to go this Scary. way. Yeah, don't play. Don't play. I'm not gonna stand me. behind you at least for sure. I want to. I want to watch though. Um, <laughs> yeah. Can we talk about psychedelics? Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. I would love to. I mean, just hear what you think about the future of psychedelics, given what you've seen happen with weed. Well, I think the beautiful thing that we're seeing with psychedelics is decriminalization mm-hmm. because there hasn't been there isn't such a large industry of like there's not so much money involved in it um you know i mean mushrooms are cheap yeah <laughs> there there's not a lot of margin there you know and no one's making a fortune in mushrooms <laughs> exactly yeah so i think you know i think that that hopefully that that's what continues is decriminalization rather than legalization right because legalization is all about taxation and how much money we're but decriminalization is now it's no longer a crime so you're growing it's like you're not breaking you know what I mean because Mm -hmm. when you legalize there's a very strict law still so cannabis recreational cannabis is legal in California but there's a lot of people breaking the law right Mm -hmm. so it's like they can still go after people they can still you know charge people with a lot of crimes because now there's a law that says if you don't have this license you're breaking the law so now it's illegal again for so many people where the decriminalization takes that pressure off of the whole thing. So I really hope that that's what continues to happen is decriminalization. And, you know, I, I would love to, you know, find myself 
being able to infuse more hallucinogens and more types of ingredients into the products that I make. Oh, like, like what? Mushroom honey or like what would, oh my God. Oh shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I mean, I just think uh, the combination, so it's not just for honey pot, for me, it's always been about combining as many medicinal ingredients as we possibly can. I think that's why our topicals are so popular. Um, the essential oil blends have, are, you know, have a lot of benefits to the, to the user. Um, so, you know, mixing, microdosing, point ones, point twos every day as an antidepressant with other mushrooms and other medicinal ingredients and capsules and, you know, being able to like a mushroom smoothie, you can get like a shot of mushrooms in your Ooh. smoothie. See, that's for me. Like I've yeah. never been <coughs> in the rave days. Well, had like last Tuesday. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> no, I'm not that young. Anyways, uh, back in the day, I mean, I dabbled and I, I've experienced experimented with ketamine as a is a favorite of mine from from the early 2000s. We were very close to Mexico in Southern California, so that was that was a fun one for me. And ecstasy and MDMA uh, and mushrooms. Never been a big fan of acid. I find myself to be already uh, sort of very cynical and uh, like analytical. And I think I feel like acid takes you to the ne next level, or me anyways, it makes me really self-conscious and like trip out on myself. Where mushrooms, I feel like, allows you to be a little bit more like a child and like drop some of that. So that's the type of like psychedelic experiences that I enjoy. Mm -hmm. But I, you know, know a lot of people and have witnessed a lot of people that have, you know, that have been healed by, you know, very high doses of ayahuasca and, you know, acid, LSD and all sorts of different, you know. When I did stuff. acid, it was too much, <laughs> there was too much math. Like it made everything too one and zero for me. Right. And that's already how I am. So I'm yeah. like, I want to tap out. I don't want to like go deeper into that already. Um, we have to wrap up in like, oh my God, you guys, three minutes. Um. <laughs> <laughs> that was fun. I got it like flew by. I uh, know we have to have you on again. We yes, have to, like sit down. Love to. Yeah. Too. Can we talk a little more about your products? Because I yeah. sneezed into my shoulder really hard, and I almost dislocated my shoulder. <laughs> oh my gosh! And uh, I threw some of your stuff on, and it was like I'm good. So the the bomb actually is a recipe that my mom gave me back in 2014. Um, and again, you know, it's the blend of essential oils and different ingredients. I'm no longer, I used to use a whole plant infusion method, um, and now we've switched over to distillate, and the, con the consumer is still having a really beneficial experience, which is great for me. Uh, we also make a body lotion, um, and, uh, and the balm and the body lotion are currently available in a THC heavy and a one-to-one, -one, and three-to-one is coming in, uh, Q1 of next year, so we'll have, few, yeah. Is this exclusive? We got this exclusive. It is, yeah, 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 yeah. We're also, Honeypot Hemp is also coming soon. Oh, man. So, yeah, to be able to share, you know, at least the recipes with the rest of the world for, you know, the last seven, eight years, I've been getting weekly emails from people looking for the product outside of California, and so it's going to be so great to be able to finally share that with everyone. I'm so, so excited to be able to share it with everyone, yeah, too. Awesome. Yeah, I'm really excited, so... At Honeypot? Uh, yes. So honeypotproducts.com, Instagram and social media at Honeypot Products, and I am at Corey Lou Thomas on all of the social as well. So 
You guys are amazing. I, we could do this all the time. Yeah. Just wanna, like, cool. hang out. The most, let's do it. Let's do it again and again. Hell yeah. We're going to save the bees. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, the bees are very important. We work with small apiaries in, in California. So that's another part of things, you know, it's important to take care of those bees. Really? Plant some flowers in your yard. They send you guys some wild flower yeah, seeds. Yeah, we got some wild so flower seeds. Some wild, plant some wild flower seeds in your yard for the bees. <laughs> This is so fucking fun. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a wrap. Thank you so much for joining us. And thank, thank you, you for tuning in. We're uh, at Weed and Grub on the internet. Weedandgrub.com. We're here live at the Emerald Cup. Yeah. All the time. Hell yeah. Oh, hey, thank you both. Thanks, guys. Scott Thanks, guys. and Chris. Chris, y'all are the fucking truth. Thank you. Shout out to Media Joe. Yeah. <laughs> that's what's up. Uh, bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.